Hey, Spotlight friends. Welcome to another episode of Ave Spotlight with your host, Chanel Shaw. Today, we are going to be chatting with one of my good friends, Hannah Gutierrez, who was a former missionary for the Culture Project and worked in their corporate office. So Hannah, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. It's good to be here. I love getting to remind people of their own worth and dignity. And yeah, I'm happy to share a little bit about purity culture and the good things of it and the ways I think we could do better. Okay. That's awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about purity culture. What is it for everyone that is listening that might be like, what are you guys even talking about? So I've seen different ways that people have defined purity culture, but I think across the board, a lot of people would agree that early in the 2000s and the 90s, there was this movement in churches to have chastity rings and to really make a almost public, I guess, oath of like, I'm saving sex for marriage and I'm not ashamed of it. And I think there were a lot of good parts of that, you know, of not being ashamed of living out this virtue of chastity. I do think that it has then formed today into something else that's a little bit more complicated. And I think that, yeah, people haven't realized that purity culture as a whole can be uber focused on shame and what you don't do with your body, that it has taken a bit of a negative turn, I think, sometimes. Yes. No, I think we've all experienced that, especially us millennial people kind of growing up in a world where I remember learning about my own human sexuality, right? When I was, went to Catholic school, when I was in fifth grade and going through my family life class, as we called it. And I mean, I just learned basic anatomy and then that, you know, all sexual, most intense sexual experiences are for marriage and that's where they belong. But I never really learned about, you know, the gift of our sexuality and how that expression is such a gift, right? It kind of came from the perspective of that I just shouldn't participate in that until I married, period, no explanation. So what kind of lessons have you learned about purity culture, purity yourself that you feel could have been communicated in a different way? I think the biggest thing is focusing on how you view yourself as a gift and what you think you're worthy of. Because I would tell girls in the classroom all the time, I could talk about chastity all day long and you could say, okay, that sounds good. I want that. I want to be married to someone that I give all of myself to. And I don't hold back. I don't hold back my fertility or my messiness or just my brokenness. I give all of myself. That sounds great. Sure. But There's another layer to that of where if women and men don't think they're worthy of that gift, Mm. why would they save sex for marriage? It doesn't make sense. I would like, why would any of us? Like, I think we would be looking for love in any place that we could. I think we would look for anyone who would receive us and make us feel like we matter or make us feel seen for a moment. And It isn't as simple as don't do this before marriage. It's about who you are and what you deserve and about that why, because you can live out the virtue of chastity in a very strict way of like, okay, no sex before marriage, but your heart can actually harden and I think become afraid of intimacy Mm -hmm. and afraid of your sexuality. 
and almost obsessed with not doing this before marriage. And I think that could lead to shame and and some issues further along. I want to hear you talk more about becoming obsessed with expressions of intimacy. I think that the older I get, the more conversations I have with other young Catholic adults where we talk about, you know, just trying to navigate intimacy period, right? Getting to know someone, whether on an emotional level, on a physical level, even, you know, in a small way, right? And just having issues kind of navigating that life and expressing ourselves and kind of our desires and what we want. And we just, you know, kind of shame ourselves and have trouble being honest and transparent about where we're at. So I'd love for you to just talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I think that people harp on the hookup culture, which obviously isn't good. We deserve better. Of course, I 100% believe that. There is something about the hookup culture, though, that I think is fascinating, is that there, in some ways, people involved in the hookup culture are unafraid to admit that they want someone to love them, someone to know them. And they're doing, by any means necessary sometimes, to their own detriment sometimes, to find that love, find that belonging, even if it's just for a few moments, even if it's just for a night, even if they feel like they're tossed and thrown aside the next morning, that they're looking for that. And I think on the other extreme is a lot of, and I know I've been in this part where this, we're afraid to admit that we have a sexuality, we have these desires. And I think we're afraid that when we give ourselves to someone, even in an intimate way, in a friendship or in a dating relationship where you share your heart, that someone's going to use us. I think that fear of being used is sometimes what has driven a lot of young people to live out chastity and anything rooted in fear isn't going to last long. We're going to question at some point, why am I doing this? Mm. Is it because I'm afraid that I'm going to get an STD or I'm afraid that someone's going to leave me the next day? Like all good choices rooted in love are free. And it's, you know, there's perfect love casts out fear. And I think that I've seen a lot of fear in this purity culture because especially when you do mess up, Mm. there's this shame on top of shame of I knew better. So why did I do that? Mm. Oh, Hannah. Okay. So this is not on my script of questions. So I'm throwing Hannah a real loop here, (laughs) but let's have a hard little conversation. Let's talk about when we mess up. And I think that sometimes when we talk about purity culture, when we talk about, you know, sexual education, you know, when we talk about purity talks and, you know, chastity rings, et cetera, like you were saying, there's this framework, unfortunately, where it's just about what we should be doing in terms of saving ourselves and the future and et cetera. But then there's steps along the way where people might find themselves messing up. There's different avenues that that may happen. And then it's kind of hard to come back from that and hard to feel like, you are valuable, right? And that you can attain the far-reached purity goal, right? Of sexual expressions in marriage if you haven't had like a straight and narrow path. So let's talk a little bit about messing up and what that looks like, how we can necessarily redeem ourselves, you know, how that kind of fits into how we've been educated to express ourselves. Mm. I think the first thing I want to say to that is 
is that no matter how big or little that mess up was, no matter what it is he may be going to confession for regarding sexual impurities or sins or whatever, that the shame that you feel is real. And I think sometimes if you've grown up in a hypersensitive, a culture hypersensitive to purity and anything, you know, like I could not watch America's Next Top Model because I was worried, you know, they would have a bathing suit thing and I would hide in my room and be like, oh my gosh, change the channel before Tyra came on and my mom was there. Mm -hmm. And I think that even those little things that maybe I was ashamed of or afraid of, I felt so bad for. And I almost felt like I don't have permission to feel bad for that or mourn that. And then as you get older, I think that there are ways that maybe you've fallen where you swore you would never be that person. Mm. I mean, I've been there where a lot of my motivation was seeing the brokenness around me and making a vow that will not be me. I, I won't let that happen. I couldn't let that happen. I value myself more. I know God has bigger plans for me. But then when you find yourself in that place, I think we can reject God's mercy so mm. easily because we're afraid. And I think maybe feel like we disappointed ourselves or our family or even disappointed God. And I think our God is a God who isn't waiting for us to mess up and say, well, I told you so, or you knew better. I think it's more of a compassionate of you didn't have to do that, mm. you know, and like, let's figure out what you need. And let me give you mercy. Let me give you healing so you can understand why you fell and how you can receive my mercy and move forward. Because I think sometimes we torment ourselves because we feel like we need to punish ourselves for ways we mess up. Mm, okay. So acknowledging our desires, right. And mm -hmm. acknowledging our natural desire, whether it be unified with someone or to express our love to someone that mm -hmm. we're with. And even in a non-romantic way, in a completely platonic friendship, right. Our desire to be known by other people and to express ourselves with our friends and really dig deep and getting to know people. So what you're saying is sometimes it can be hard for us because if we don't navigate that expression correctly, right, and ordered, that we punish ourselves mm -hmm. and we don't open ourselves up to mercy and redemption, which is always there and always pretty dope. So what would you say to someone then that is trying to navigate a life of sexual integrity that is ordered, right? And makes sense, right? Free of shame and open to God's mercy, whether that means that they're navigating it and they may have had some mess ups or, you know, they may not know exactly what to do. What would you say to someone that wants to live a life of virtue in an ordered, positive way? Mm. I think I would just say, remember your goodness mm. and, and let that really just drive all of your your choices and and the ways that you receive love mm, okay well thank you so much hannah i really appreciate you sharing some of your life and you know some of your wisdom i know you've talked to so many young kids about this and i think even as an older person we older person <laughs> i'm 40 years old <laughs> even as millennials you know i'm 28 so and you're you're 30 so you're 100 we have 
even the conversations I've had with people that are my age and they'll say, we make jokes and they'll say, you know, my whole life I've been educated not to do something until I get married. Then I meet someone Mm -hmm. I really like. And then I get married and then all my friends are like, all right, (laughs) good luck. You know, and all of a sudden you're in a car and you're heading to your honeymoon and you're like, what the heck? (laughs) And you have no idea like what's happening or, you know, what to do or like, you know, and, and it's just like, so, and it's so like shell shocking, you know? And I really think that living a life of virtue that's ordered is just so important. And I really admire the way that you express yourself both personally and professionally, how you've talked to people. And it's just so important that we regard things better than we have been. So do you have any resources or anything that you would give people to read or look at or check out where they just want to, you know, learn a little bit more about like living authentically in that way? Mm, Well, definitely the culture project. I think even just them giving their talks, if you can invite them into your school to speak on these things. I think they do a great job of sharing the beauty of purity in a way that is ordered. And I think that even just a book recommendation, Men, Women, and the Mystery of Love is an excellent introduction into Theology of the Body because JP2 really did do a beautiful work in that. But Theology of the Body is very, can be very intense and, and dense. And you're like, what does he mean by this? And I know they have courses at the Theology of the Body Institute outside of Philadelphia. Never been, but people that I know have been there have come out changed and have been healed in a lot of ways that the purity culture, the hookup culture has wounded them. Mm. And I've seen it do very beautiful things. So, Thank you so much. And every episode, we ask each guest what their hope for the week is. So what is something that you are looking forward to, something that you're hopeful for? If you need time to think about it, I can mm-hmm. go first. Otherwise, if you are ready to go, you can go. How are you feeling? You can go. <laughs> okay, I can go. Okay, so something that I'm looking forward to for next week, I recently got offered a job, which is pretty cool. And I'm looking forward to kind of navigating, you know, entering back into the workforce and buying clothes from TJ Maxx and having actual outfits. Um, I've been really rocking the athleisure wear since the beginning of the pandemic. So I'm looking forward to like getting back in that game and, you know, and et cetera. And you and I have been having a Marvel marathon this past weekend. We have been watching like every Marvel movie minus Spider-Man because it's not on Disney plus come on Disney plus. And um, I'm looking forward to us kind of picking that up the following weekend all in preparation for you to see Shang-Chi. I'm really looking forward to it. So that is mine. How about you? I think I'm just looking forward to settling back into a routine. I haven't been home in a while, so I'm excited to go to bed at a reasonable hour. I guess that's being 30 where you're like, 10 o'clock, I want to be sleeping. Work on that. It'll probably be more like 1030 or 11. But that's better than before. So I'll count that as a win. (laughs) I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, Hannah, for being with us. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you so much to Hannah for being our guest. I love having these conversations and I'm so grateful to be your host. One thing about me is I love talking things out. As you could tell by this podcast, 
One person that I love talking things out with is my therapist. And so if any of y'all are interested in therapy, make sure to check out one of our good friends at Boyd Counseling Services. She is a Catholic licensed mental health practice. She's based right here in Orlando, and she provides in-person and virtual therapy for couples, families, and teens. Boyd Counseling Service works with clients who are experiencing life changes and desire healthy emotional connection and seek to develop problem-solving strategies within their relationships. They offer workshop coaching and even online courses, which is pretty awesome. They also have a free downloadable book on their website, reginaboyd.com. So make sure to check that out and take care of yourself. Thank you so much for listening. Looking forward to talking with y'all next week. God bless. This show is a production of the Spoke Street Media Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, visit spokestreet.com.